I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. Our next guest serendipitously fell in love with cooking, baking, and photography. After studying hospitality and gaining experience in marketing for a few years, he launched a full-fledged content creation company with a niche in food and hospitality. Nate is also an advocate for those who stutter, and he shares his experiences of navigating his own upbringing. You can find him on Instagram at Captures by TK Co. and on TikTok at Captures by TK. Please enjoy my conversation with Nate Crawford. So we're live. Um, okay. Nate Crawford. Welcome to the show. It's such an honor. You, I'm excited to be before here. Before you like, got here, you're like, this is my first in person. Because you have done many interviews. Yes. <laughs> Which is a shock. I'm like, why? But I don't know. It's just fun. I like to talk. And Do you think yeah. you'll ever say no to one? Um, Cause per- you, how often do you wait? Do you, or do you wait a certain period of time between each one? It, it kind of depends. Um, I would say it really... Hmm. Most of the time, it's like friends or colleagues, oh. like or folks who are like, "Hey, I like all your work. Let's you know, like interview and discuss this." Sure, that's fine. I don't know. I like talking. I like Do you sharing. Ever feel things. like you're repeating yourself. Um, a lot of the time, for sure. But I mean, yeah. I think that's just more of like the who, what, where, where, and why. Sure. Um, I love podcasts and like interviews that like ask you like deep things or like yes. you know, you know, explain <laughs> and more like explain like your process and like where that inspiration comes from and all that stuff. Like I just, I don't know. I just like talking. <laughs> I just like, sure. You know, and like he- hearing other viewpoints. I love that too. Cause I think within the art, within this space, it's so easy to be like in your head all the time. And so it's nice to hear others, you know, you know, styles and people and like, I don't know. I love it. Absolutely. Um, to, to kind of just set the tone, um, before we came on, and I knew this, but you sh- you disclosed that you you stutter. Yes. And but like you're graceful, you're doing like you're killing it. At yeah. Life. <laughs> so as growing up, your upbringing, like what what were some challenges that you had to navigate with that stutter? Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about maybe like your thought processes behind what you thought you could or could not do. Mm-hmm. as a career with that stutter because we b- before we started recording we talked about hospitality and we know someone else that does it and how challenging that is so mm-hmm. describe your upbringing if you can yeah absolutely you know my so i started stuttering when i when i was around like five years old okay so and most of the time it's usually kids right and and it's younger so you're learning language you're learning to like speak understand the world or around you your brain is developing so fast you know yeah. and so you know for most kids um they'll stutter and then stop 
or like oh, they, I didn't they, know they, that. They, they, they like ease out of it, right? Okay. Um, before before adults, um, there's probably around a one percent of all adults who, who who have it throughout their whole lives. Okay. And it's fascinating because like speech in itself is a complex thing. It's not just like one one asset, right? And so it's like it's understanding, you know, that the, like it's understanding your. B- b- body the brain and then like language as a whole right and so and so there's variety of of like i guess just p like pieces of this very large speech right you know so um yeah you know for me i think my journey with stuttering has evolved over time um where i'm at now with it and how i sort of view it and understand it has has changed from when when i was five years old right you know so born raised small 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 farm town and no one stutters right you know and so like you are the only kid who has this you know the parents are trying to understand it they're trying to help um they're trying to say all the right things and find all the right folks to like help with this right because they're like like our child has this ability that like i don't understand and i think it you know it took a variety of like speech therapies and like variety of like teachings and tools and comma and just like um groups and just like so much so many man hours and like variety of th- therapies to like get to to where i'm at now right yeah. and along the way I, I feel like it's it's something where if you're in a wheelchair you're able to see that beforehand before before even saying anything you know that they are just able to to like some like degree right but with speech it's you you don't learn until like you speak out loud and there's like oh there may be something you know there's and like but there's varying degrees of stuttering and how how it sort of happens and why why it occurs um and the science behind it is actually really interesting because we're sort of learning about it as we go because because like it's so much involved with like the brain and like um, there's folks who like believe it's about like the genes. There's others. It's about environments. It's about mm. a, and so I think it's a lot of variety of things that like cause it, make it worse. You know, less bad. You know, you know what what have you? And so it it is sort of this like trying to understand it while also having to live life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like me, you know, that there's so, there's so many folks I know who, uh, who stutter, who had like, like very challenging childhoods and like schooling and like, you know, like I had a not, not, not really a friend, but more, more of like a colleague who would like, he, he had to learn like karate in order to play to, to like to like defend himself from Aww. the kids at school and like me i was the poor opposite in school my classmates were very nice to me mm. my schooling was very like pretty chill i would say in terms of like no one really really ever said anything and if they did it was more like one-off little you know what have you um but honestly i think throughout throughout my whole life it's been pretty positive like pretty fine and like most folks just don't really care i guess in a really odd sense and so i think for me it was more of like my own internal sort of dialogue and the understanding of this throughout you know teenage years to now being an adult for sure did you 
how how did you navigate thinking about potential careers f- through that mm-hmm. through that lens? Yeah, you know, see, I <laughs> I because you started in hospital. Did you start in hospitality? I right? did. I, I heard about something about hotels. <laughs> yes, yes. And so you know, the, even though I stutter, I still love speaking. I still love communicating and chatting and like small talk and like you know being able to serve others and help others like that, you know, and so hospitality for me was a way to sort of do that. Right. And like hilariously enough. So when I was very young, my, my like first dream job was like be being a sports announcer. And so I, and so like entertain, so, so nearish our town, probably like a half hour away was like the sports broadcast casting camp. And I was probably like maybe 11 or 12, like young, but not you know, so young, and I went, and, like, it was very obvious from, like, the first day that I was, like, oh, I'm not gonna be good at this, and not because of my speech, because the knowledge the these very young kids had of, like, of this player played of this time, and their average is this, and this, and, like, all mm. this data about these people, I'm, like, I like the red team, they're fun, <laughs> you know, like, that's cool, <laughs> and so I think I just, I, I enjoyed more of like the theater behind it than like the actual like knowledge base. Think about that at twelve. Good for oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. And so Good you know, you. yeah. And so I mean, through throughout high school, I did um, shows and musicals and like loved that process. And like, there's something fun about being on a being on a stage and like sh- sharing a line or you know dancing. It's just fun. Um, and so yeah. So just throughout my life, I just sort of have always enjoyed those being able to like do things that I want to do and not feel like I have to be like, like, Oh, well I have this. I can't, you know, I've never, you never, you never have the victim mentality. Well, always after the facts. So I would, so I would be, I'll be like, Oh, well, I want to do the show. I want to be a lead. I would try out, get the lead role and be like, Oh no, I have to now learn, learn all these lines and like say all them fluently. But, and so it was more of like, like, like post the facts saying, okay, well, I still want to do this. I need to sort of really work hard and like, you know, p- practice and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. are there certain situations where the stutter comes out a little more often than usual or, or is it hundred percent uncontrollable? It really depends. I would say, uh, and it's not the same for everybody, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. For other folks, there's a variety of other sort of quirks and ticks that like occur, right? Um, but for me, anything on the, like as a whole, there's an idea that if you're nervous or anxious, then that's that's the cause, and that's not the case, right? You know, like everyone is nervous and anxious, right? But varying degrees of being anxious, nervous, what have you, can can make it worse right it's harder to be fluent when you have to when like like it's being fluent plus plus anxiety plus you know you know these nerves right and so i think um you know for me it's sort of always been that journey of like okay how do i sort of live my life but yet also still have this like this disability and like use it in a way a way that that helps me. Right. Yeah. And so, it's just, you know, and so, uh, and so after school, um, college, I wanted to do ho- like the host, the host, the hospitality industry. And, you know, I love food, love the service based industry. I think there's so much 
so much good that can can come from from like being able to serve others and help others oh, yes. um but also provide provide like an experience that's like unique and fun right and so yeah so i went i went i went to school f- f- for hotel management and like oh. really enjoyed that um and I wanted to work within the advertising space, space within the hotel industry. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, and so within those industries, you have to speak all the time. Yeah. And it's more how, how I sort of approach it, like it's like improv, right? And so it's like it's more of you kind of have to just be on your toes and think through, through things and plan things. But there's moments where you'll have to say things unplanned. And then it's like, like okay, well, how am I going to like, speak in a way that's impactful that that gets the point across without trying to be you know this whole thing i don't know so yeah thank you Mm -hmm. um so then would you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert because like i I imagine maybe people um that are a little more introverted might have a hard time maybe putting the reps in and and putting themselves out there to 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 speak Mm -hmm. yeah so i would say that i'm an like i'm an extrovert trapped in an introvert's body uh where my d default is being alone like like the introverted staying at home i love being at home (laughs) i love you know being in studio alone is a great vibe um but i also still enjoy the extroverted aspects of me and so i feel like within my job and my life like those two blendings help me, you know, in various areas, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. time and place for everything, right? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything that you would add or subtract to whatever whatever therapy you had back when you were five? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, so so where I'm from, um, but I'm like I'm from a small farm town near um champagne illinois so oh, like yeah. so like three hours south did of you here, right dri- you, did you just drive from there no okay I'm, no 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 my goodness <laughs> no 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 um no so i've been up here in chicago chicago go go land for like four four or five years oh, now okay, okay. so yeah mm-hmm. and no but you know so like being being in a very small school small farm town the therapist they had they had uh, they had like at the school like i like outgrew very fast because it was just like oh there's mm. more there's more underlying like issues in like therapy that i have to have in order to be fluent right and so the uvi there the school they're like number two or three in the world for like speech and language so they have like some doctors there that like are world world renowned and like you know therapies that like are you know whatever and so we so I was brought there to like see some folks and get some testings and like try and understand this and like I think you know like as I think back I think what what one of I think the best and the worst things I was told was that like if here's the bar like of like a normal a normal person you are right here mm. which as a kid I always felt inspired by that as an adult, I've sort of learned that that was actually really horrible to say to, to a child who is disabled. I think that's, you know, to say that you're just almost there, you're almost normal, like, is kind of cruel in a sense, right? You personally were, was inspired, but most people would be discouraged by that? I think when I was younger, I was inspired by that. I was like, oh, I'm so close, I can just make that. But as an adult now who sort of realizes that, like, okay, this isn't going away anytime soon that was kind of a cruel thing to put on a child and say that 
oh, you're almost able body. Like, oh, you're almost able to be normal. Mm. And this idea that, like, we put being normal to a disability is cruel, I think, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think that that while I thought as a child that that helped me, it actually, I think, I think it hurt me long-term because, because then I strive to be perfect. I strive to, like speak in a way that that was like perfect mm. and language and how how we speak like every day is not perfect Mm-mm. you know and so this idea of like trying to be perfect was it haunted me for a long time and i think now in like the last like three or four years i've sort of like begun to unpack that and say okay why am i feeling this way where does this come from and then sort of be healthy about it okay mm-hmm that's great. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> hope that helps a few people out there. I hope so, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward to now, I feel like life for you is just moving at a million miles per hour. <laughs> yes. You just did a big move. I did, yeah. Did you move out of Chicago or somewhere around like Chicago? Mm-hmm. It's like you're staying in the area. Yeah, so I'm in Desplaines right now. Oh, oh okay, um, okay. And so um, I was there, and we did just move to apartments there oh okay okay i'm so same complex but just good yeah so went from one bed to two to two bed bedroom we have a studio space now it's fantastic is the studio space separate from your personal kitchen yes it is yes it's delightful it's so nice finally (laughs) oh finally yes 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 i i did some scrolly scroll earlier today uh uh, and i remember when you first started you were at your parents home on the floor oh my god (laughs) yes oh yes humble beginnings humble Humble beginnings beginnings. Uh uh-huh and uh and your first kind of foot in the door like segue into food was what messing up a casserole Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so b- before that moment, you never thought you'd be into cooking and baking and let alone photography, but like just the food aspect of it. Oh, not at all. No, no, no. You know, so, so my, my, you know, so I come from a long line of like b- bakers and home cooks who were amazing. Okay. Like, like, like r- 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 recipes that we make still, you know, just like really t- talented, uh, their neighbors and friends would, I would ask them for like, you know, you know, love this cake, love this pie, you know, and so food and like, like for us, like us has always been very communal. Yes, for sure. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm, for okay, sure. Okay. You know, and so, you know, and so I was 18, um, right, right out of high school, just like, you know, probably like a month out. And, um, so I was in between jobs. Um, and so I was home all the time. And, and so I was like, probably like a two week gap between, job one ending and job and job two starting up so i was like okay i'm home all the time my family is like at their jobs what have you and so my mom's like okay well you're here all the time why don't you make us food in the evening so that i don't have to i'm like i can try i mean I, i've helped before cook but like okay. i don't really know, know how to and so um it was like a taste of home like casserole and i made it i was like not really proud just like cool i made this awesome and we're eating as a family and it's so dry <laughs> like just <laughs> incredible like describing it to you like 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 it's like eating cardboard <laughs> it was horrendous and and so my mom's like okay and so she got up and made a and made like a gravy from scratch mm-hmm. and we poured it on the um the dish and it was like oh this is much better and it was that moment, I think, of like, oh, we're able to fix this. We're able to take 
one food and put it on a whole other food that and could make have gone it delicious. A different direction. Yes. That could have taught. Yeah. However, like, what if your parents were like, this is trash? Like, They've, <laughs> you know, I've been very blessed because they're very supportive and, like, they like even when i failed at you know food items and i have before they've always been like very supportive and like helpful and nice because i've also made some excellent food right and so and so and so it's like you know it's fun uh but that was really i think the first instance of like the power of food and like how it's like oh like that's like so fascinating of how what how like a gravy like on a a casserole is able to like make it delicious how fascinating and so like that was really really weird like my love of cooking and food really began and like you know it was sort of a slow love and then like like all at once and i just fell into it what did you end up doing did you start collecting or looking up recipes or cookbooks and like how Mm -hmm. did you gain an appreciation and a love for making something out of nothing you know like food Mm -hmm. or or cooking and baking yeah you know um as anyone does 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 i went on the internet and i'm you know joined joined Pinterest and like mm. got like very inspired not only by like by like by like the food but also the images on there like of the food I'm like oh that's oh. fun and so I think slowly over time I was like okay I really enjoy how this food looks within this story they're trying to tell mm. and so then like a year out after that like I would like I was starting to cook cook more and learn and like you know fails what have you and I wanted a way of sharing all the food that that like I made with friends and family mm-hmm. who weren't club who weren't like like near us right and so I joined Instagram and I took my iPhone I think iPhone 7 at the time and just mm. started started to take you know images of the food that I baked and I made and you know I look back and the, the, those images of course are awful are, th- are they still know? there yes <laughs> not not on instagram you actually have to go on my tumblr to find them oh, okay. they're they're like back in like 2014 i think okay um and so like hidden away <laughs> hidden away um you know but you know but but like i think there was the moment of like oh there's something here and i look back at those you know those first first two or three images i'm like there's something else here than just foo interesting and i could feel i'm like oh no like this may be a long time thing i think i think this may be a new passion um yeah your your average person doesn't think about the story that a picture is trying to tell and Mm -hmm. i have a feeling you do i yeah you know early early like you had that right mm -hmm. like there's images that i loved an artist who i loved who they made they made me feel something and actually, too, so, so so like around that same the same the same the same point, like June of twenty fourteen. Uh, so there was an Ansel at the Adams exhibit at some art a museum in India. Mm. And before before beforehand, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, and like his work, I had no idea. And I walk into this you know this gallery of all like 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 all like all his images and. The, the emotions that I felt like mm. seeing those images and how impactful they were, I was like, I, w- I want to make art like that. Okay. The art that makes you feel something. Because like the way that he's able to take black, white, and gray and make nature and rocks yeah, and like... Strip away all the colors. How, how he's able to do that in that time with 
with his gear is mind-blowing and just like his work has always inspired me like he's so amazing and like that was i think the first the first the first like intro into this photo world of like yeah. here are images that that like some like some some guy took that now are changing my life and i'm feeling something now all these years later you know so then how did you keep flexing that composition muscle like what did you because mm-hmm. a lot of your pictures seem like they're in motion mm-hmm. it's dynamic right it's it's uh like what what did you start technically thinking about angles lighting top down mm-hmm. you know what break it down that way yeah you know so i really love love the overhead style mm-hmm. you know seeing a full scene a full spread so that's really really where i began and i love this idea of like seeing a table seeing bowls and plates and like things messy and like movement you know because food as it sits it's so much more than just like here's a plate of this Mm -hmm. right with food like it's very communal it's very much about history and about family and about you know sharing love and like there's more emotion behind food than just here's a plate it's amazing and so i know when i try and make my my own work i want it to feel that way of like there it feels there's life in this dish it's not Mm. just like 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 it's not just food Mm. so then after you start building these skills did you have any idea what you would be doing whether it's your own agency or Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of instagram food influencers are kind of doing their own thing Mm -hmm. right and so did you have any idea of where you wanted to take this um i think ideally i think ideally i wanted to go full-time at some point because at that time was instagram still what was that 2014 2014 early stages right yes Mm mm-hmm so mm-hmm. not a lot of influencers like then. Not really then. No, the influencer I think term really began like when I when I was in like later college. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Be- what? Yeah. What there was to to not have anyone as an example. Is right. Like, what did you think you'd be doing with food and photos? Honestly, like at that point, I didn't know. I yeah. was just like oh, really okay. enjoying the just process. Okay. Yeah, because like you know. It's a tough career to tell your parents of like, hey, I want to do this, and they're like, what is that? Like, how like do you do you make an income off mm-hmm. of that, right? You know, and so when you're that young, you're like, I want to do everything, and then it's like, well, there's still taxes to pay, and like, you know, there's still like rent to pay. You can't just do anything you want, right? right <laughs> you know, and right, so, right. um, you know, I think at that 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 point, I was still in college, and like, I wanted to do hospitality do that for some time and then like see where things went and so after school um i got my you know quote unquote dream job like being in advertising with you got the, it. and you know i moved up here for that role and like like uprooted my whole my whole life and like to start to start this and like i enjoyed aspects of the job and like mm. the team at that job but like like I sort of learned very fast that like oh this may not be long term for me and like just just like career wise you know and so I think it was back then when I was like okay I think I need to do other things what aspects of it was it too corporate what what was it it's very corporate very corporate very corporate yes corporate in the sense of what you you just feel like a a cog in the machine like or you feel lost and like your decisions don't have weight to it like what what Mm -hmm. do you mean by corporate I felt like we were more of like 
folk like we were more of designers who made flyers and like actually did anything impactful mm. or made any real change or did anything like here's what w- w- what I did you know the only time I really felt like I did anything of worth was when I was asked to go on site and take and take images you mm. know make images for these flyers for these posters they're they're able to use these images to make a profit like that to me is some value right and so like i really enjoyed that and i sort of knew that like they were underpaying me for sure mm. and so i knew like a lot you know and so i was like okay well if i was like like on my own i could make so much more and like be happy <laughs> you know so then you had something that was paying the bills were you cultivating that side passion oh there, mm-hmm. you, go. Mm-hmm. there you go so then what what were you doing when you weren't at the day job to cultivate, what were you actually mm-hmm. doing? Yeah, so honestly, it got to a point where like both 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 worlds of like photos and my actual job were both a full time career. Oh, okay. um, so, so I would come home, eat, rest a bit, and then work until probably like twelve every night. You know, like like answering emails, responding to things. These, you're, you you're taking you're taking food photos for brands by now already. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it was at a point <laughs> a point where I was like, okay, well, long term, this is not possible. I can't work a hundred hours a week and expect to be happy. You know what I mean? Most it's. Wait, how many years were you taking fo- photos of food before you got your your tipping point? So, so I started at. Eight. Nineteen. 19. Okay. From from nineteen to like twenty two ish, um, twenty three ish. I was um, doing doing this ideal, you know, small smaller brand gigs. So let's ha- let's focus you. on that window. Yeah. How many reps or or iterations did you put in before brand actually reached out? Or before you uh, na- mm-hmm. like, you know, came to a deal with the brand. Sure. Yeah. So, so I've always been like very interested in the selling process and like the sales pitch of this industry, and so I started my company when I was nineteen. Six months later, like I landed my f- f- first brand deal. How did that come to be? Uh, you know what? <laughs> you know when I started out, like like so much of it was just cold emailing, literally just like, okay. and and and. and that time time it was like paragraphs of things like hi i'm nate here is my work i love your your, your brand i want to do this as a career look like all the stuff i shared everything were you willing to do it for free at that time um no but very like very cheaply oh, okay, right okay, okay i don't think i've ever really worked for any large brand or any brand for free rarely wow, ever okay because uh, i'm like regardless of my talents regardless of your time you you still have a talent you know regardless of years that like you've been in this industry your time your time is still a value good for you wherever you, know? you got that confidence yeah <laughs> good for you and also i helped to some you know at the same time uh, all my parents have owned their own company for uh, yeah, for yeah. for 19 years now you know okay. and so you know on my dad my dad launched it when i when when i was nine mm. and so i watched them through like the good and the bad like in the hard learn how to start an entity from nothing to where it is today you know and so those sort of like skill sets and like knowledge helped me um and so sort of knowing knowing that like brands won't approach you you have to like email them so especially when you're starting out new like no one knows you you know and so 
I was just young and had an email account. I was like, I'm going to email these folks. Why not? And so, you know, m many folks were like, no, we're fine. Or like, just no response. And that's normal nowadays, my goodness. How did you handle that? Were you okay with getting no's back in the day? Um, It's hard to remember. I, I don't think it was as hard because the payout was really like not great. So it's like, I didn't lose a lot, you uh. know. It's tough nowadays when you and lose, you, yeah. so I, you know, you know, you know, when you're writing a bid, bid for like 50K and that drops and you're like, oh, my money is just gone. I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that is, that's really hard. And in this, actually this last, uh, last few months, actually, I think in like March, um, like I lost like, like six bids, bids in the same week Oof. and it and then told, 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 they, they rounded up to like 40K. I was like, okay. Cuts That's, from the pandemic? No. I mean, just like things, you know, they went with other folks. They weren't interested. Oh. It was overpriced. You, you know, there's a variety, yeah. there's a variety of reasons of why folks, folks don't, don't, don't sign. And you shared on a previous episode where it's like, it even hurts more when it's especially from a brand that you've previously worked with. Mm-hmm. That mm -hmm. sucks. Yes. Uh, when I started, so so Jan one of this last year, um, there there was a brand who we were plan planning on like a twelve month contract. Wow. I was like, yes, I can like a little stability. No, right, and like to help like bring on a, you know an editor, yeah, but like other folks to help me, and they they didn't cut ties. They 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 reallocated funds elsewhere and so they were like okay we're fine now so i'm like okay like that that was hard and so i think now it's harder when when it's like like oh this brand i really love and we had a chance to work to and now it's just gone and so you know but i think like i've also learned within this industry that things come and go and mm brand the brand the brands i shot a shot a shot a shot for in year one two and three are not the brands I shoot for now, you know? And so, wow. and I think it's because, you know, within this industry and me having experience on the other side, many folks leave, you know, and they leave and folks like, it's not folks necessarily the brand, it's place the people them. making those decisions. Yeah, you know, right? and so, so I mean like you sort of, if I've learned anything, it's about the contacts, you know, mm. not, not always the brand because like I've had con contacts who have left brands who have pulled me, me, me into, into different... other jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's less about the brand and more about who is there, there as a contact. And so if you, you're able to, you know, build up a relationship with those folks, it's like, it's nice. And you're able to call upon them. So who should, who should people be looking for? Like, like marketing agencies? It depends. Um, so when you say that, you're asking more of like if you're trying trying to email a brand, mm. who is the one to ask, right? Are you asking that? Yeah, I guess it depends. It also depends on how large that brand is. If Correct. It's in house, if it's outsourced, all that stuff. Because like because because like the larger the brand, I would say, the more like like likely there, there's an in house person like or like people, yeah. and yeah. then and then like an ad agency who they work with. And so, like, if there's like an influencer one, like, like, so, like, so, like, if they're very big, they'll have like, like, agencies for, uh, their like their video work, their photo work, their social, their influencer. They'll have like these little like, just like offshoots, where like 
of the in-house folks oversee that process. Mm. Um, and so when folks ask me who am I emailing, it's like it's you kind of have to research the brand and research like who works there, yeah. who who is the contact, the you know, truly, you know, and so 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 and so it's a lot of like LinkedIn stalking and like seeing mm. who works there, who has left, you know, and also too if there there if there is a brand who I'm interested in and in in like the last year the contact or that that role has like changed hands three or four times i'm like they may not be the best brand to work with right because if folks are coming and then leaving it's like "Mm, interesting Mm -hmm." yeah you know so 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 it's a lot of research i would say on that end for sure so these days i mean is it still a lot of cold emails because i feel like you have you've built a reputation Mm -hmm. right portfolio so polished thank you and what is it these days? Is it is it still like what's the breakdown or the ratio of inquiries? Is it you reaching mm-hmm. out? Is it them reaching out? What is it these days? I would say nowadays it's probably like seventy five percent folks find me, yes. and twenty five it's still like the you, you still have self. you still have dream brands you want to work absolutely with? <laughs> yes. good for you. And there's very few brands, um, very few I would say who I've. Who I've told told folks I'm like if they were to call me today and say hey we want you to be our you know like 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 our in house person but we're out of like the East Coast the West Coast I would consider (laughs) moving out there Um, because like there's some brands I'm just like I love but you know but like 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 I love more being self like self owned and employed right yeah so that's a tough sell for sure but there's a few interesting um. If you were to give anyone advice, let's say someone who just an average person going out to dinner, trying to take food, pictures of their food, mm-hmm. what advice, if you were to prioritize things like angles and lighting and composition, mm-hmm. you know, not just the food, but would you have a hand model in there, just activity to have it dynamic? Like, how would you, what, what advice would you give to people to create mm-hmm. a more compelling story through sure. photo? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of folks think it's just like a point and shoot of like, oh, here's the plate, here's a, here's the lens, and that's it. And photos, at least photo, 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 photos that tell a story that that sell an idea and sell a vibe, um, there's much more involved with that. And so I think in order to really like understand and like take a good, a good image you have to sort of step back back and think what is the narrative i'm trying to tell with this like what is the feeling i want i want the viewer to feel like is it excitement is it joy like like is it drama like is it hunger like obviously of course core of course in food it's supposed to be that but it's more than that right because hunger is just one one emotion right and so um so i always think through through like what sort of narrative am I trying to tell? And then how does adding elements change that mm. or hurt that, right? So so like a hand frame, does that really tell a story well or not? You know, like like if, there, if there's a sauce involved, mm. you know, a hand holding a spoon and like, you know, the pour is actually very, very compelling, right? Um, but if it's something where like the, the dish on its own is complete, and it's pretty enough then maybe it's like the hand the hands in frame or like you know like other elements are too much and it's just here's the hero of the dish yeah mm-hmm. so it really depends out of all the shots um do you do mo- ma- mainly 
top down or is is it like just bad all around to just go from a side it depends on the space you know and also the lighting you know yeah regardless of gear no image can be saved saved by poor lighting Mm. you know and so lighting is everything and so i always tell folks like you can take a beautiful beautiful image on like your iphone and you need good good you know lighting because like in order to like because like you know like like you know the orange like overhead glow of lighting is like like not nice at all right and so, well and then if you don't bring your own lighting then this is going to cast a shadow on the tabletop right and mm-hmm. people bring in their own loom cubes and like yes <laughs> wild to me i was like who's doing this these influencers are getting wild but you know it it makes sense if that's your sort of like income stream is going to places and knowing that like most of them have horrible ambient lighting it's like you need to bring some something that's small that's like not this huge you know this huge light box but is bright enough to like make the food look somewhat appetizing for yeah. sure mm-hmm. yeah. where did you learn or is it just mainly intuition over time like color theory mm. and, or are you are you intentional with with your color palettes yes right okay mm-hmm. for sure for sure especially in food is the base sure. from the food or is it from the objects in the food like around the food or what mm-hmm. is it from it depends mm. um so i typically will go off of the hero so like like if it's a cake if it's a steak what that's the hero, you. hero shot yes correct. okay gotcha and so like if we're styling a scene we have like a blank slate right and we're bringing in let's say a cake or a steak right that is our hero from there you know I'm pulling out, okay, well, well, like, if it's a white cake, you know, the, the, the buttercream's white, maybe there there's flowers on it, maybe maybe some fruit, what have you. So there's, you know, you know, there's reds, some blues, greens, what have you, right? And so from there, we're able to sort of pull out other elements. I'm like, okay, well, I want to bring in, let's say, let's say, let's say, like, pastels, or I want to bring in gold or blacks what have you and so do you, do you cap it constrain yourself to maybe three colors or what do you what do you do i, I, I guess it depends on sort of what the narrative is oh, and like okay. what sort of the vibe is if we're shooting let's say like a cake again and it's like a springtime scene and so i want it to be like you know we're in the garden and sure. it's like this beautiful you know greens of the garden and like the flowers and uh the b- 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 berries and all these things you know and so i'm gonna maybe pick elements that speak to that sort of color tones and like maybe 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 not choose like a lime green that that, that's like very off you know from what we're from like the color narrative right yeah And, and so it's tough to really say like how i sort of approach it i think understanding how colors work and like other pairs and opposites helps for sure um but there's other times where it's just like you kind of just have to guess and feel it and like trial and actual error like mm. and see what pairs up with you know and shooting enough you sort of learn what pairs up well and what does not you know and so for me it's just like you you sort of just like learn over time mm-hmm. and just experiment the main takeaway guys and you you preach this on your uh fee as well is uh to not let the lack of gear be an excuse for not sh- for shooting mm-hmm. not shooting right so mm-hmm. just there's so much more to a compelling photo mm-hmm. than the camera you used and yes. these are these phones are crazy good these yeah. days and as long as you have an eye or for aesthetics and 
a basic understanding of composition mm -hmm. and color design and all that stuff, I think you'll make a very, especially on, if it's just for Instagram, like, Oh, for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you, and you probably have, but do you, what kind of clients do you lean towards? Is it shooting food for, for restaurants, for mm -hmm. hospitality, for editorials or for actual, cause I feel like it's just food, like, like other companies that you're working other clients you're not really like in the restaurant mm -hmm. like shooting in the restaurant you're, you're sure. in your studio mm -hmm. so how did you navigate like end up here yeah you know i <laughs> the, i wanted to make enough where i was able to go full-time like as fast as i could you know and so um, knowing that like a lot of the time even though i really enjoy the, the, the restaurant side okay. uh be it, being able to like to like collab with a chef and a team and like yeah. like seeing like seeing a seeing a chef's teams like eyes like like you know light up when then when when everything's styled right and like like within the nice lighting they're yeah. just like wow our food looks amazing like that's so like like that's really fun it's especially when the team makes really pretty food. Yeah. It's tough when it's not, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> we got to do something here," you know. But it's very easy when like the food is beautiful, right? Right, right. But the payout isn't always the best. Interesting. Okay. And so, even though I enjoy that aspect, I don't do a lot of it because the payout's like not amazing. And so, you have to do more of those shoots in order to make a good income. What about working for editorials like Timeout, mm -hmm. which is kind of like you you work for the the editorial and then you still get your foot in the door in the mm -hmm. restaurants. I wonder if you get paid even less. See, that editorial down. space is a whole other space that I don't know oh. anything about. Oh. Um, it's very tough to break into. And so, like, with, like, Chicago Times, uh, Time Out, they're not – I hate to say the word gatekeep because it's not. It's just more of – Less turnover. Like, editorial is – the agents and folks find finding their teams who they like and then they work with them forever mm. and it's very tough to like break in and so especially where i'm at where it's like sometimes it's like like sometimes at times within those bases they like to underpay people and it's like okay you know so it's not it's not great so kind of like now that you're your own thing you have full control true and so, I, and so I feel like more of the editorial side is like let's say let's say I shoot for a place, uh, I shoot I shoot for a brand, and they use th those images in like a piece. Mm. You know, that's really where I'll be like, oh, you know, here is my image, and here is the you name. Can, you behind can license it. images. Yeah, correct right, mm -hmm, right, for sure. Right. And so, so you I, can very much still be in that industry if you if they reached out. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, because when I see your portfolio, I still get the editorial vibe. I, Thank you. I get the, the high contrast, the punchiness. Mm -hmm. the, sometimes it's like you, I can see you shooting in like noon, like just this harsh light. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's why I thought of editorial. Yeah. But also you, you like shoot your, your a lifestyle photographer. So mm -hmm. like when you're in these hospitality spaces, you get kind of both. You get food and the story behind the chef that made the food. Right. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with, with chefs that you kind of like once, you, not once, but like looked up to and that now you get to like see them face to face? Like this is this is our foot in the door to meet the people that I've always, I mean, I'm just speaking from personal experience, mm -hmm. like people that I've admired and, and looked up to and I obviously enjoy their food, but now I have an excuse mm -hmm. to have a conversation with them. Right. 
because they like my photos? Like, mm-hmm. have you had have you had an experience like that? You know, um, not within the chef industry, no. Uh, but, but but there are places where like I've done work for them, and their chef teams are like very cool, or like their concepts are really fun, mm. and, and so it's more and more like I admire your your approach to food and like how you approach a dish and like why, why you're a chef. I don't know. Um, I like to work with chefs who appreciate, appreciate food and their people. It's really easy to find a chef who just is just like a jerk and not very nice. And just like, I hear them. I hear about these things. I just, I haven't seen it. It's, it's an issue for sure. Um, especially within like the hot, the hospitality spaces. Um, Many chefs should be in therapy, but instead they have they have like a knife. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know, and so there, it's like even though I think not all chefs, of course, um, but there, there is that sort of like hierarchical, sexist, almost at times abuse that can occur occur within within those environments for I sure. Hear, I hear discussions around that, and mm-hmm. I, I think people, it's a new generation, and I think I think, so. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's slowly shifting. Um, less pots and pans being thrown, less berating, mm-hmm. less sexism. Mm-hmm. I think so. I hope so anyways, because I think the industry can be so fun and so fantastic, and I know it is, you know, but when, like, you make an unsafe industry, folks won't, folk, folks, folks are hesitant to stay in, one, and then two, join it. It's interesting because you give yourself into an industry that you love you know, whether it's making food or service and hospitality mm-hmm. and you give back to all the guests that come through your doors, but you're not met with that within your own team sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess slightly uh, transitioning back to clients, if a client or a potential client were to reach out, how do you navigate the, the introduction and the inquiry? Because interest is not the same as actually putting a safety deposit down, right? Mm-hmm. So like, how do you funnel them into that? And, you know, only if it's a good fit. If it's not a good fit, you know, mm-hmm. happy to part ways. But sure. um, there's a right way and, like, there's a graceful way to go about it. And then there's kind of, like, a jarring way to go about it, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah, you know, I think f- f- for every sort of, like, email inquiry interest, um, you kind of can gauge and, like, re- re- read, like, in between the lines of, like, where is this headed? Mm. Like, 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 you know, so I have a... A contact form on my site that walks through like you know their name their info their b- b- budget their shoot type and like just like to share with me like 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 your sort of needs right and i can kind of tell when a person or an entity they're more of like a mass email type deal where they're they're tasked to find a bunch of folks and get just like quotes and that's it mm. And with those folks, I'm able to, to just like send like send like send them a rate card, send them some vague pricing, and then they're typically always gone. Mm. Uh, and those I don't spend a lot of time on because I sort of know that they're not qualified leads, right? And I'm most interested in dealing with those leads who who I deem will actually book, right? Yeah. And so if like like I can also tell too like if they start their text with like just high 
or hi sir and not like nate right because 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 then i can sort of know that like they don't really care about my brand or really care about our work it's just more of like they're trying to find it's very generic yeah they're trying to they're, they're trying to find a body in the room hmm. and i'm and we as artists are not just bodies we're you know like we are people and you know and so i try and sift out those folks and like not not spend a lot a lot, a lot a long time on those leads and like trying to call with them and like waste waste like honestly our time if it's just like they won't they probably won't won't sign anyways hmm. and if they do sign they'll typically be horrible because they don't value you as an artist you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. um so so i think like a qualified lead is anybody who they're like hi nate we love you your work we were we were we were like referred to you by a by a friend a colleague what have you uh, like those leads are more like okay there's an interest and they know like of me even if they don't know our work they know of me mm. you know and there's something else there there there's some interest like they have done the time to be on our site view our work and like get, get interest right and so those leads i'll have calls with and like you know, yeah, meet what are, with what them. Are the follow-up questions after you've identified a qualified lead. Yeah, you know, just asking them more of like, you know, the number of images. Like, what are the goals here? Where will these images live? Like, is this like is this more of like evergreen content? Is this for a campaign? Is this for a new product launch? It could be for anything, right? And so, trying to understand like where their sort of heads bases by identifying that you mm-hmm. get a better idea of their budget even though they've maybe even if they just disclosed that already mm-hmm. yeah you know so like 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 so on those calls too i'm able to even weed out even more because like if they come to me with like no information if it's like we don't really know it's just kind of vague we just like those folks that, that they know they need images but they don't know beyond that point it's like okay well i'm gonna waste my time here with this because obviously you don't know what you do want and with those brands i found out the hard way that they know what they don't like interesting and so we'll get we'll get through the entire process and then at the editing phase they have issues galore and i've had it in your contract now how many how many re-edits you got yes (laughs) and who's able to ask for edits, I've oh, had actually had multiple an issue. people asking. So I've had an issue this last month, actually. <gasps> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Good mm-hmm. for you for gracefully navigating that. <laughs> you no, know, but for for like you know you know those challenging brands, there's ten, twelve who are fantastic. Sure. My goodness. Um, sure. So on so in that same month, hilariously enough, there was a brand I shot a shot a shot a shot for, and these two gals. Um, one was I think like an art director. The other was a social manager. So, like, when I tell you that they came so 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 like prepared, mm. they had they had like uh, the campaign deck, example images, a shot list before before they they had even signed anything. I was like, oh, wow. I love these women, <laughs> and like the whole process with them from like start to end was just fabulous. And like, so while there are challenging contacts and brands to deal with and to work with there's also like there's so many more who are fantastic to work with i guess so from a different perspective what should brands kind of be thinking about prior to reaching out to a photographer Mm -hmm. one thing i kind of notice a lot now 
and I don't know if it's just me or the industry as a whole. So if anyone knows, please answer. Cause I am just, you know, um, it's asking for raw files a lot and the brands wanting those raw assets. And I sort of, how I sort of frame that is one, they don't serve you in the way that you think they will. They're unedited images. Like many times you have to edit the images or like layer stack or something in order to make these right. So having these won't serve you. And, and I know, know from my own experience and being on the other side, those, those, those raw images will sit on some folder in some server, not, not be used, be used because, because, because they're unedited files mm-hmm. yeah, and no one with like, no one's going to use that or take the time to edit those files down. Um, and so it's just sort of explaining that like, you know, you are also too, you're also paying me as a pro to be here to shoot everything, edit everything. You're paying for my editing style. Like you, you're, you, you're paying for the whole process and not just the one piece. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and so like if your goal is to just hire a body in the room, I would tell you to hire an intern. No, like, like, like don't waste a pro's time with work that like an intern who who is out of school can do, yeah. Because uh, what you're trying to get is pro tier like at a cheap rate. And it's mm-hmm. like you can't have that, you know. So I always say like in the hotel industry, you want the Waldorf Astoria experience like at like the Motel Six pricing. Mm. And even though that's a noble effort, it's not always possible, right? Because mm. because so, so, so much of what makes pros of value is that we have done enough shoots and we've done enough of these and you're you're paying for our expertise in the room and so you're leaning on us for that and so if you sort of strip that away away and say well i want the raw images Mm. you sort of strip us of any sort of like professionalism it's like you know you are paying for like all this not just a piece of the puzzle you know what i mean like i'll i'll do a re-edit you don't like what how a photo looks like i'll definitely mm-hmm. touch retouch it and stuff oh of course i always tell folks too it's like you know raw images i mean i sell mine for like five hundred dollars per raw file Ooh. because because the raw images the rights to those those are all we have left that's all we have in terms yeah. of an artist right within this space and so it's so if you give up the raw images i can't use those raws ever i can't use it to like promote on social i can't use it to do anything you own the rights you know and so within like like our work we still want to hold those those right those those rights and then license the images out mm. you know and so you know, and so I always tell folk, folk, folks, I'm like, the raw images, honestly, if you're going to use it forever on a billboard, that's when I would say buy one of them. You know, that's when, that's pretty, not normal, but like, that's an easier, you know, thing. But like, why, why, why would they want a raw over an edited photo? Because, 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 because like they Are hold they the, the rights. lighting or what? Well, that's the thing, right? They're able to In sort. Your contract, is it a limited license? Hmm? Oh, that's why. I, I guess in the wedding thing, it's like I don't have a, I don't have an expiration date. Sure, interesting. Because like you know, being on the other side, I know that most images. I would say like ninety percent of all images, like are not evergreen. M- meaning that they're that like at some point they're going to expire. Like the logos will change, the pro- the branding will change. There's so many things like within this space that change. And they'll need 
new images. So you're buying raw files of images that like in three yeah. years may change. Have you ever caught a client using it, photos past its expiration date? So typically, so I feel like with lights, within that sort of world of like two licensed images and those costs, I am pretty lax, I think, when it comes to the brands that I that I shoot for because I think within nowadays with the online space it's really tough to justify because because like like like, like I won't charge Mary Sue over here who who has like a small company who she's only post, posting on social media mm-hmm. that kind of licensing is like 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 here's a standard thing for you that you're able to use for you know your online or on social and on print that's fine and like the value that i get paid up it's fine um the only time i would say there's any sort of like discussion is if it's like a billboard or if it's like you're shooting for let's say like 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 a bon appetit type Mm. entity where those are being seen by millions of thousands of eyes you know what i mean like that's sort of where those lines begin begin to be drawn but like for most folks like I rather they have them book again than being that then be like caught up within like mm. the the licensing and trying to explain that because yeah. like 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 I've tried to charge it before and I've lost more bids try trying to explain that than well, just saying it falls like, back to the relationship right? yes exactly and so I think like mm. right now there's so many more artists in this space there's so much more competition within this space that to license you you probably should and maybe there's folks who 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 are out they're saying like that like oh you should and here's the cost but right now there isn't a real like solid guide guideline of what what to charge and what and how and like it's very arbitrary and so yeah for me it's like i don't really care enough i mean like it's fine so it's worked and then like no one's been angry about it so um, along the same lines of value proposition, you dropped a number, 50K, in 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does one arrive at a number like that? So, like, mm-hmm. it's just, when you start this next segment, it's going to open the eyes for a lot of people, I think, of just, yeah. like, what's possible. Yeah. Right? So, like, as you level up with your with your expertise, your quality, and your portfolio, how does one navigate increasing their quotes? Mm-hmm. So, so it's tough, and it's because I think the industry gatekeeps a lot of pricing. Mm. It's very much like, oh, you you don't share pricing, no, no, no. But the issue with this is that, like, if we don't at least have like a ballpark number to go off of, or like some sort of like industry guidelines of like, if you are here, you know, quality of image wise, you should charge this. Because it helps one the artist to understand like here's my value right now and here's where 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 I would like to be. Yeah. Two, it helps the it helps brands large and small understand here's what to expect mm. pricing wise. Is if I want to hire in, you know you know the top tier pro, like I may pay, their day rate maybe five five or seven k. Mm. You know, like in LA, like those those rates are like seven AK for like the, you know, the pro tiers. Um, and you just, ha- you sort of have to, was that trial and error to get to that number? And there are some helpful things online, like some articles, but a lot of it, honestly, is just like 
like seeing what folks book and work, you know, and like seeing like and like and like asking folks around and being open about, you know, your pricing and how you price yeah. out, uh, because 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 everybody wins, you know, and there's there there there's folks who think like oh like if you tell them your pricing then they'll undercut you. I'm like, they could anyways, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like if that's like 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 in my mind, if that was the the only thing that took me away from. Some, some some one else's bid then i wasn't meant for that bid you know what i mean like they mm. wouldn't have booked me anyways you know if pricing was was like the only gain yeah you know i don't know I just like don't... If, if someone really wanted to work with you most of the times they'll they'll pay your quote yes correct mm-hmm. now but like how does when, when you start going into like on a retainer kind of thing like mm-hmm. it becomes a little more ambiguous like how do you navigate those type of deals yeah you know retainers are especially in our industry are tough because every project has like its own sort of needs and wants like if you do a brand where they want the same images the same the same amount of assets every month like it's a little easier to plan out like like okay for every month you'll pay this amount right um but there's others where their their needs change every quarter every month Mm -hmm. and so you kind of have to for me, it's kind of tough to do a retainer because like, even though those funds are awesome to have, um, you may have to change change them. You know what I mean? So there's ways, I think there's ways, you know, like depending on the brand and your relationship, it's probably easier to like, you know, change change out quote, quotes that they need more. And they understand that, right? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, in my industry, like retainers are tough to get um, because needs change a lot. So I, I guess like the the toughest thing going back to that one of the last questions is like is is trying to guesstimate the value you're providing right mm-hmm. I, I once came from the school of thought of well think about how what your hourly rate is mm-hmm. and then factor in time on site time editing <laughs> all that stuff and it is hard to put a number on things like expertise and stuff like mm-hmm. that but like the cost of doing business like licensing what if you're doing video the you know licensing oh, yeah. music and mm-hmm. software and all the gear that we have right so that's one way to look at it mm-hmm. but even after you add up all the gear and your expertise and the software and the licensing you're probably still undervaluing the amount of value you're providing to the clients that you're probably working with mm-hmm. so how does one guess how much value you're providing to that client oh man that depends i think it depends on i guess what you sort of feel like is your value and what makes you unique to to any other artists out there i guess how much money they're making off of your photos right it's like what what Mm -hmm. is the value what is the value Uh, they're getting from this it's tough to gauge there are softwares out there and like programs you're able to get like a rough estimate of like what to charge those aren't always the most accurate so 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 i don't like to use them um you know like a lot of it is okay like here's what what i need to make a month a month in order to pay rent to pay off everything and make a profit you know and so from there you say okay well here's my here here are the quality of images i have here's the style style of work i'm able to make here's where i should probably be at price wise right is it okay to ask for what their budget is it is right oh sure i always do it absolutely is, is that a turn off when you ask if it is that's a red flag because that's because how else am i supposed to quote you if i don't know like what you want to you know 
And if they say, oh, we don't know yet, that's a red flag at times because it's because it means means that they haven't thought things through and they're just trying to get a pricing range. Mm. So, you know, there's things you kind of have to think through and, like, watch out for, I suppose, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, now that you're in a new place, you have a much dedica- like larger and dedicated studio. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's going to change for business now? Or what, what are you looking for in the next at least year? Uh, yeah, you know, like I would love, 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 love to shoot a cookbook. I remember you saying um, that. That's yeah. been a dream of mine for like the few years now. Like your own cookbook or with the, where you're partnering with someone? Uh, probably a partnership where I would shoot the images and it would be like their book. Like a chef? Or like... Truly a, anybody. It could be because like, like, what's that taste, taste made? Like there's like... Oh yeah, chefs that came out from YouTube, you know, it's just yeah, yeah, like yeah. home chefs, mm-hmm. right? So, is there anyone in mind? Do you want to you want to manifest right now? What, like, <sighs> who would be mind? really cool to work with? Um, you know who who would be amazing, and he's in Detroit. Uh, Chef John on TikTok. Okay, I haven't. I'm not. I, I'm on TikTok. I don't watch it often. So. Um, <laughs> what a what a he's he's so talented and so funny. Okay. Like in his approach to food, oh my partner and i just love him okay and like he he's he's queer and like his sort of approach to food is from like the queer lens and he's just like funny and his food looks amazing and so like 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 i would drive out like out there and shoot his book if he had a book so that'd be amazing um honestly like What, what what kind of time commitment would that look like though at least a year in terms of what? In terms of like, sh- oh, I guess shooting. You can just bang out a bunch of shots pretty mm-hmm. fast. Oh yeah, so like write, writing a book could take years, right? But sh- doing a shoot, you know, it, it depends on how many the it- items we're sh- you know we're trying yeah. we're trying to shoot, ha- ha- how long the items take, um, you know, like I would say like food wise, regardless of cookbook or not, like, like like if our goal is to make the food a food on set, then shoot it like. Like the most that we're able to really do is between six and eight. Yeah. Like eight is a lot, um, but like six, seven is kind of where like the nice spot is. And so like if we're shooting a book with like thirty-five items, that could take six days, full days to shoot. Not bad. You know, I mean for sure, right? <laughs> and like you know, payout-wise, that's fantastic. So do you do you print your photos? I have. Mm-hmm. You have. Is yeah. it in your home? It is. So I just ordered new prints. Actually, that that. that of this week so would you encourage everyone to print their photos um i think you should i think it's fun to look to look at your work like 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 in the wild and see those images yeah. and be like oh wow like that was some something that i made and now it's here in my home any any interest in kind of hosting a gallery one day Maybe I don't know. Or are there any projects you do for yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. outside of the brands? Yeah, you know, like like I think from from a gallery, maybe I think I want to do do like a themed set, like set of images that like have a narrative in mind or like a call to action in mind. Do you follow David Saw on TikTok? Yes. Yeah. He's fa- fantastic. Well, David I took <laughs> yeah. his class recently, the posing class. Oh, really? And uh, oh. he did a, he did a lips gallery for Valentine's Day. <gasps> That's so. fun. Yeah, so he's I mean, very if, cool. If there's a gallery. There's got to be a theme, and he nailed it. I love that. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so I think I think like like I would love love to do that at some point. Okay, uh, but that's more like I think like the fine art side of of uh, the food industry. Um, I think from just just like like 
my own projects and stuff 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 you know my, my partner cook cook cooks and loves to cook and okay. so we bond over like over like over food and like sharing food and like being being able to make a may make food and make it make a dish that looks pretty that's like nice to shoot and so um those are moments where like it's not branded work or like paid work it's just like fun thing things See, to I, do the last guest i had on he uh he works at a bike shop and i asked him because like when oh. i when i rode my bike to work every day all year round i never felt inclined or motivated to ride my bike for fun anymore so the oh, fact that you interesting your partner still find joy yeah out of doing that just for the sake of yourselves and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to go on social media it's just for yourselves oh sure um that's nice yeah you know like so like 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 i've always said that i but i enjoy the photo process i love like 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 you know planning and shooting and like being be, and being able to make that art i love to bake like that's really where like my home base is of like what do you like bacon oh, oh um truly anything Your honestly cookies are fire <laughs> truly though right you know like truly anything i love dessert okay. i love being, being able to eat dessert and like smell dessert and see dessert online like like just truly anything breads cakes uh pies tarts crumble, cookies like any any fruit crumble oh, with yes. vanilla ice vanilla oh, bean ice so good left. right <laughs> it's so easy but so delicious right so i think those kind of elements i really enjoy um so that's where i really go i mean there's moments there's items that like i've baked and cooked before that they don't ever see like even stories i just cook it because because like i need to i need to like do this and just like be here when when you and your partner do you guys go out to dinner oh yes or do you okay do, do you do more one or more of the last do you, do you stay in or do you go out more often uh when we're eating out we'll we'll so we will plan out dates to like places that we will want to try and that's it like that's the date <laughs> you know um so we've gone like have traveled to play to play to places and done like events and things and okay. um yeah so like food for us out and about is really fun for sure do you find yourself taking pictures of the food at the restaurant rarely ever nice right because uh, i like this idea of like being able to be in the moment with the food and I don't want my partner to ever feel like, oh, here, here's Nate. He's doing a photo again. You know what I mean? Like, like even though he loves all of it, like, and is excited about it, like, like there's still mo- mo- moments within my life where, where I don't want it to be online. It's you separate. Know? Yeah. yeah. You know, like these moments are with him and him and him and him alone. Right. And so I don't want it to be like those worlds blend too much. And then, then, and then like it becomes blurry. Right. Mm. All that. Um, Nate, that's pretty much all I got. <gasps> wow, such good questions. What do you think? You thought it was pretty oh good. Oh my right? god, good <laughs> questions. I was like, I did, I did, I did not expect that. That's fabulous. I love that. Uh, any, I guess, any advice for for upcoming uh, or aspiring food oh. photographers? And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, when I say f- when, when you're labeled as a food photographer, do you feel like that's constraining? Do you feel like that's what, what that's accurate or like do you? Because you, you, I didn't really get to ask like how was the wedding and you, did you shoot for your brother like yeah so right is yeah. that you have a twin yeah i do yes oh my goodness john was that, was that good yeah. was that fun okay okay <laughs> i so i i love my bro- 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 brother i love his his now has now has now fiance um i felt no like like internal joy of like oh. shooting the, the those images just just and like not like it's exciting right you know 
being able to do to do those images and share it with them but like there was no sort of like like ooh, i love this i want to do more of it you know and so like like when i first began like i did you know events i did portraits i did families i did i did i did i did did, did a hodgepodge of things right (laughs) i think there's a beauty in that because i think you need to learn like what you don't like and like you know when you're asking me you know do do you find like the the label like challenging and i personally don't because i like because i found my, my niche of like food is where i thrive i love it you know there is no joy than like shooting a spread of food mm-hmm. you know and and while you know like i've done i'm looking engagements for you know you know on my twin john and um like other friends and other folks like that's pretty much where that that line ends um like like any friends asking me for for like bridal images like hey would you you do you do this i'm like no i really can't but but i have so many other friends who do who are experts in the room like here is them you know what i mean because like you you sort of learn as you you like niche down you 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 get gear and training that like fits that niche right Mm. and so when i go and shoot let's say like you know a session like that it's almost like disarming at you know at some point because like i don't know posing i don't really know like bridal posing or how to you know you know uh, approach those things it's challenging you know and so it's a whole other skill set that you sort of have to master and you know over time so then speaking of like niching down and challenges that come with respective niches are there parts to food photography that aren't uh made public to you know made public so like things like how do you like preservatives right like things to give it a sheen or things Mm -hmm. stuff like that right like Mm -hmm. like i think there was i saw a reel about like how a mcdonald's hamburger is kind of like like just built right stuff like that like Mm -hmm. is there anything you've learned through your food photography experience yeah you know there's sort of this line between i think like reality and food you know what i mean and as a photographer do you feel responsible for not blurring it too much you know making it aesthetic (sighs) Mm -hmm. but is this what it's going to look like when people buy it that's why so from like an ethics standpoint i personally don't uh because they're hiring to do a job is not me you're not lying to folks right you know but i think like what i try and do and like i really push to like use real items like real products that were you know and not like fake things and like um the only you know we we are using tricks and elements to make to make the food look amazing right you know there's there's ways there's ways to like brush on oil or like spritz on some water like to make things pop and look nice and that's food styling like that's not a secret or that isn't a bad thing Uh, because our goal is to make the food look amazing Mm -hmm. The issue is when it's side, you know, and I think I think McDonald's and these like large brands do this at times where they use like fake items and like they kind of like, you know, like it's very obvious that like the stylized product is not the final product that you'll that you'll get like in the drive-through, right? And I think it's because with with food styling, it's very particular. It's very you know, slow movement and like planning things out, and like that's more of like an operational 
you know, mm. like issue. And so I think like in my mind, it's like, it's not really like up to me to be ethical when it comes to like, you know, you know, to how styled, a, you know, you know, like a sandwich is, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Fair. Well, Nate, that was definitely it. Uh, after the last two questions. Love but, it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, is there, well, I guess one, anything else you want to share? Anything else? I mean, if, if not all good, if so. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, uh, you asked me like, what like advice would you, would you give a person who is yeah, like, inspiring. yeah, you know, new in the industry. Um, you know, there's there's actually a lot I would want to say because there's so many pieces that like make this important, right? You know, you whenever you start out, you 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 feel almost like like isolated. It's like, oh, well, I want to be like this, but I'm not. And like, you think that if you buy the right gear and you do buy all these courses and you do all these things that you'll that you'll somehow be better and so much of artistry, regardless of photos or not, like is just truly practice mm. and not being afraid afraid to make mistakes and take bad photos. Mm. I, you know, I talk I talk with a number of students of mine who they get so so trapped by being able to take great images. It's like you need to learn how like to take horrible images. You need to learn what does not work in order to understand and know what works really well. Mm. You know, and so I think that's, you know, like it's important to sort of step back and realize that like, like like everyone was like, like a new, a new, a newbie before, you know, everyone started out at some point and that's totally fine. And, and if you have good lighting, that's, that's half the battle. And so I think a lot of folks think and this ain't cheap, right? But no, you started with daylight. Oh, absolutely. Everyone does. Window everyone light. does. Yeah. 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 Because everyone does. It's, it's free and it's there and you're easy and you're able to learn how lighting works, how angles work, like which angles work well with said, you know, product or with said food items. So just not like not being afraid of the challenges of learning. You know, I think like it can be like, you know, you know, you, 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 you see folks online. You're like, like, oh man, I wish I was like this. I wish I could shoot like this person. It's like, we're all on our own sort of journeys and it's easy to fall into those pitfalls, but being able to like, know, understand that we all, we are like, like own artists. Mm -hmm. And there's times where you're going to learn a lot, 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 lot. And then other times where it'd be a little little bit slower and that's Mm -hmm. normal. And there's no shame in learning and there's no shame in just enjoying that process because I think it's the most exciting time uh, where you're sort of learning what like you, uh, you don't like. Yeah. And through that, you learn what you really love, right? You know, and so with me, I knew very fast that like family p- portraits are not, like can't do them. I just, no, I don't care about, about <laughs> uh, your kids. I don't, I don't care about them. No, you know, but like, being able to take a sandwich, an item, a plate of pasta, and make it look beautiful—it like makes me so so excited. So I learned that, you know, and there's no shame in the learning process. No, I love it. And there's no timeline. That's uh, really all you have, because yeah. even after you win the awards, the awards are fleeting. And right? also, too, awards are—they're <laughs> not always real, and they're 
they're biased, but that's a whole other po- a po- a podcast. Like a, like a popularity sure. contest? It's, uh, I think fo- folks folks would be surprised of how how much politics play into it. No, yeah. absolutely. For sure. And so, like, like there are folks who win awards who, who I'm like, get it. They're amazing. And then I mean, there's others. Like, you, you collect your award. What now? Right. right. All you have mm-hmm. is the process. Yeah. So love it. Learn to love it. If you don't mm-hmm. love it, find something you love. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. That was a great episode. Um, you killed it. Keep killing it. Thank your you. Business. We're going to pay very close attention to how you're doing. And uh, thank you so much. Where can people find you, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on on Instagram at captures by tk co and on tiktok at captures by tk with me and all 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 the other cool 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 teens on tiktok yeah, all the links in the show notes, guys. yeah.